So today started off with a bang. I woke up surprisingly early with my husband before he left. So before six o'clock, I folded some laundry. I spoke with my husband until he left. And then I carried my rear end back to bed because I knew I needed to be ready to take my son to an appointment that required driving. It was going to take me a little bit of a while to get myself situated. And we would, you know, grab lunch at Wawa because that's where he wants to go. And he's been waiting because he had his wisdom teeth extracted. And he's been waiting all week to have a Wawa sub. I'm still recovering from my last session with my fascia remodeling. I still work on my fascia daily when I'm in the shower, but the real deep adhesions that I haven't been able to get to, I use my my fasciologist training to help me. Still recovering. The palms of my hand, I tell you what, if I ask my husband to touch it one more time, I better be butt naked, sprawled out, and ready for sex because he is so tired of me asking him to touch my hands because I'm like, I haven't been able to hold a hairbrush, a steering wheel. I keep saying I'm losing my grip. OTs are like, use this putty and pull the beads out. And then I'm always counting, how do I lose? There's 10 beads and I can't ever keep the 10 beads and the putty. Where else do they go? It sticks to it, right? So I'm sitting there doing the putty. Nothing is happening. Well, my left hand does not have that pain. So we were going down the road. I'm taking my son and I'm grabbing the steering wheel and I'm noticing, I'm like, wow. Oh my gosh, son, you've got to touch this. Look at, look, look at my palms. Well, he's used to my weirdness and quirkiness, I guess. And he said, yes, mom, I see the difference. I think it looks great. I've passed this illness down to him and he has an appointment to see the fasciologist next week because I take him in every couple of months to have her go over any small adhesions so that he doesn't end up not being able to walk one day. So we're going down the road and I'm like, <gasps> my neck collar. He says, let's go get it. So we go back to the house. He runs in, he grabs my neck collar because when you have adhesions released, when they're super deep, the muscles and the tissues around it have to, you know, get used to the blood flow. They have to get used to everything working again. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to last long trying to hold my neck up while keeping proper posture and sitting up straight, something that I can do now because I'm no longer collapsing in the midsection, right? So he goes back in and he gets my neck collar and we don't have time. We're running out of time because I've got to get him to this appointment. And it's like 40 minutes away. And do you hear my stomach rumbling? It's crumbling again. That's embarrassing. I, <laughs> I haven't ever had an appetite. Release the adhesions. Boom. Like I said, eating and pooping. I can't believe it. It's part of life. A part of life that has been gone from me. So... We go ahead, he grabs my collar, and I have to stop by the glasses place because my doctor, Dr. Gata, Dr. G, is it's just easier. I don't know if it's Gata or Gata, so I call him Dr. G. He sold me on this pair of glasses that are so lightweight that they're great on your face. But when you set them down, the weight of my 10-foot blanket bends them. Or I'll forget that I put them on the bed and I sit, and boom, there they go. 
So I'm like, you've got to give me a regular pair, take my old frames from 2016 and put my new lenses in them because I know I'm just going to keep having accidents. Well, last night, the weight of my blanket moved the arm and I try to self-fix things and, well, you know, hot glue only works but so much. And I had to pick up my son's spare glasses that they had fixed because somehow his happened to, he fell asleep with them on anyway, messed them up. So I'm running into the office. I go into the office. My son's waiting in the car. So I hurry up and Heidi and Monica are standing there and I, I, I'm i there. I give her my glasses and, you know, so she can, you know, fix them and then she's going to clean them for me and I'm putting my hair up in a ponytail and I'm putting my neck collar on and they're looking at me because I mean I'm just very comfortable wherever I go <laughs> don't invite me I guess I'm very country come to town so I'm in there putting it on and they're looking at me and she's like what have you done and I said well you know it's my EDS and I said I've got no she goes are you wearing makeup I said no not at all she goes your face. And I said, I know I probably need makeup. She says, no, you've got color. I said, well, yeah. And she says, no, you were like pale, pale white before. And she goes, now you've got like all this color. And I said, oh, it's, it's got to be fascial remodeling. It's the only thing I've been doing. And it's, you know, creating blood flow and everything like that. And they're just looking at me. And then she goes, oh my God, you have jeans on. I said, well, yes, she goes, I said, I'm even wearing a bra. And she goes, well, you're just riding high. I said, yes, I am. So I go ahead and get my glasses back because she's got the professional touch. I go ahead, my son and I get back, you know, he's already there. We get in the vehicle. I'm driving down to our trip. We get down to Hampton because we got to get to Hampton. Well, where we go, there is no place to park. And you know what? Parallel parking, although driver's ed was my best class, my best class. Parallel parking is not my forte. And every place that you needed to park in this spot was parallel parking. I go ahead and drop my son off. I said, you know where you're going, second floor, I'll find you. I start driving around looking, knowing that the further away I park, the harder it's going to be. Every handicapped spot is taken. Don't know what I'm going to do. Well, then, lo and behold, I go around. Now, you know I'm cheap, and I will use a tube of toothpaste after everybody's told me that there's nothing left, and I will use it like five more times. So, I'm going around and looking for the closest spot. I finally find a spot. Now, the spot was perfection for me because it had two spots. So all I had to do was just pull right in and easily park. And then I watched this woman park right behind me and diddy bop on in. And when I got out, I, I complimented her. I said, you parked like a champ. I couldn't have done that. A pleasure. And then I walked away. Well, as I'm walking and I'm getting close to the building, I see a handicap spot open, which is way closer to the building. And I'm thinking, I've got to be able to walk from where I've walked all the way to the building, up two floors, well, the elevator, you know, and then all the way back to the back of the building, and then be able to walk all the way back down with my son. I bet if I hurry up, I can get back to my vehicle drive around, avoid the one-way street, and get that parking spot. I know I can, because the chances of another handicapped person coming by, I've got to be able to do it. So I'm running back. I've got my neck collar on. I'm wearing 
this uh, thing that that I wore for surgery when I had my neurostimulator put in that you wrap around your body in my midsection, not for stability, but to remind me that I have a midsection and I need to keep my posture up because if not, I think I'll get lazy about it. So I rush back. I get to my vehicle. I go ahead. I get in. I drive all the way around. And as soon as I get to that spot, it's taken. But I see the woman running from Five Guys Burgers, running and getting into the vehicle, and I see her cut the vehicle on. So I put my blinker on, and I'm waiting, and she doesn't move. Well, finally, I drive up and roll my window down and say, excuse me, are you leaving? And she goes, oh, no, I'm just waiting for a takeout, but I see you have a neck collar on. I wasn't going to move, but since you have a neck collar on, I'll leave. She didn't have a handicap placard. She, I could have done a citizen's arrest. I would have. I was so mad. What is happening with the world? What in the world? She was waiting for a five guys takeout, and she was parked in a handicapped spot. Well, then I had to figure out, I had to then back up. People are pulling behind me, and I'm just sticking my arm out the window going, drive by, drive by, because I'm getting this spot. Nobody's taking it. And she was driving one of those little bitty cars, so she was able just to zoom on out. I mean, she should have been embarrassed. Should she have not? I mean, seriously. And if I hadn't had a neck collar on? I mean, really? I mean, fighting words, fighting words. So everybody goes away. They... I've got it open behind me. I start backing up, and then I've got to try to get into this spot. It's the end spot. I have so much difficulty getting into this end spot. I could have just stayed where I was, but I had to have this spot because it was closer. So I get to this spot, and I'm so happy. And I finally get there, and then I walk up and go, and I'm there for my son's appointment and everything. And then we're on our way home. Well, I'm excited because my son's ready to try another Wawa sub. So we're like, let's go ahead and let's go have a Wawa sub. And all of a sudden, You Should Be Dancing comes on. And I'm a Bee Gees fan. I mean, I have my Bee Gees Bible. It's 768 pages about the Bee Gees. I can tell you everything about Barry Gibb. He was scolded with a kettle of hot water when he was a little boy. Imagine how he was able to grow all that hair on his chest after that scalding water just poured down his chest. His mother was making him a a kettle of tea, you know? So the Bee Gees, my very, very, very favorite, and anything they touch, I love. So grease and everything like that. So my son and I, because the other day, my son came out and said Barry Gibb had died. Well, the world had ended for me. I think I just wasn't doing something fast enough, and that was his way of joking with me, which I found quite funny because I love my relationship with my son. And I said, oh, don't ever do that to me again. And we're talking about Barry Gibb. And then he's, you know, I said, this song, You Should Be Dancing, this was the song that was playing in Saturday Night Fever when John Travolta was doing his dance, that Denny Terrio from Dance Fever, for those of you that are older than 50 will remember, taught him how to do. And I said, I love this dance. Well, then my son started showing me the hand jive. And I said, no, that's from Greece. He said, yeah, I know, but it's the hand jive. And I said, well, yes. And I said, and you know, that bums me out because Olivia Newton-John is dead. She died last year. 
I said, I wrote her a fan letter after Xanadu. Now, you know, if I wrote Olivia Newton-John a letter after Xanadu, because that was a box office flop, that I was a major fan. I was a Grease fan. I, and I didn't know that song with that, that they sing when they're doing the engine, that they have the P word in it and the words that they're using. I can't believe that. I was eight years old. And now, because I wanted my son to see it, and when I saw it in my later years, I went, oh, they call it a P-Wagon? So getting back to Olivia Newton-John, I told him that I had written her this letter, and now she's passed away. And it bums me out that she's passed away because I'll never get the opportunity to meet her. Just like when Lucille Ball passed away. I mean, I know there's all these people that were upset and their families and stuff like that, and it's selfish of me to be like, I can't believe I'm never going to get the chance to meet them. How dare they die? Like Chris Cornell, I'm mad. So mad that he committed suicide or, you know, he passed away and all of that because I thought he was an incredible artist and I always wanted to see Soundgarden and I'm like, I'll never get the opportunity. I know that seems selfish of me and for that I apologize. But they bring that joy into my life and, you know, there you have it. So as we're talking about Olivia Newton-John and the hand jive, I told my son, I said, you know, I've, I'm at peace with Olivia Newton-John not returning my letter. And he said, well, why? <laughs> what, what has transformed? I said, well, I had to come to, to terms with it. I said, because it just devastated me that she didn't respond to my letter. I watched her documentary not too long ago and come to find out when I wrote her her letter, she was being stalked by this fan and right before I told my son that I said you know Barry Gibb lives in Florida I think I'm going to go try to find him so when I told him that she was being stalked by some fan he went so she was hiding from you and I said well no it was a man and they caught him but then it made me realize that I do have an obsession with some people so we're leaving the Wawa. We come back. We're enjoying our time together. And I'm trying to find him a shoe. Now, he's six foot three. And I'm trying to find a post-op shoe that satisfies my son's foot. It needs to be a flat. It needs to be this. And I called Med Express, and God forbid they sell me the one that they have that they gave to him. I said, I just need a spare shoe. I mean, you're asking a kid to wear this shoe for more than six weeks. It's going to be nasty, and he has to sleep with it. I said, you just can't ask somebody to wear a shoe in public and then to the bed. So I'm trying to find him a shoe. So I called around, and it just aggravated me because when you call somebody and they say, good afternoon, thank you for calling Williamsburg Drug, and yes, that's who I called, and this is Morgan, may I help you? I said, hi, Morgan, how are you today? Yes, what can I do for you? And I said, I want a shoe, a post-op shoe. I was irritated because don't you think, I mean, what has happened to the world today? A woman parking in a handicapped spot, and she's not handicapped. A woman who can't even ask you how you are or respond that I'm fine or anything like that. I mean, really, have I been bedridden for so long that... People are just rude. Am I overly sensitive? And then I realized 
my hands weren't hurting. The palms of my hands weren't hurting. The right side's still hurting, but my left side isn't because I released the adhesions from when I fell and broke my arm. My right hand is next. I am so excited because I am getting my grip back. Getting my grip back. I can't believe it. I'm shocked. I'm dumbfounded. I'm overjoyed. I stopped at the UPS store in the midst of all this too, by the way. Another one of my customer service issues. And I'm going to return the 3,000 shoes that I purchased that didn't work and this recycle bin thing that just didn't work. And they give you these QR codes and they tell you you're not supposed to package them up. So I go in. Well, the woman that's behind the counter does the QR codes and she goes, what do you want to do with this one? I said, well, this needs to go to the mailbox. And I said, the last gentleman took my mail and so I'm like to give you this to put in the mailbox. Can't do it. I said, okay. And she goes, what do you want me to do with this one? I said, well, there's the QR code. It says customer packed. Well, I'm sorry. I don't live in the world of the UPS shipping store. I don't know all the rules and regulations. And I thought once you got a QR code, that just meant you took it back. You didn't have to package it. Well, evidently in small little letters somewhere, well, it was big letters in the thing. It said customer packed. But I didn't know that it meant I had, I did, I mean, every other QR code, you just take the thing back and the QR code. So I walked out and I was a little aggravated because now I've got to find a box because I wasn't going to pay $10 for their box. I said, I'm sure I'll have one at home. Well, I don't, but I found something that's small and I can fit it in there and I'm going to somehow take another box and I'm going to make one box because I'm not going to pay to put it in another box. Not for $10, not when it's the wrong thing. I was aggravated, but you know what? Two years ago, I couldn't have done it. So it really didn't bother me too much. The woman with the handicap spot, that pissed me off quite a bit. The woman, when I called her about the shoe and she didn't have time to ask me how my day was, I mean, I understand people are short on time and this, that, and the other, but come on. And then the woman at the UPS store, I mean, she was just holding her. I was like, she was just better than me because she knew the rules of shipping and I did not. I've got to meet Barry Gibb. He's the last Gibb standing. <sighs> I mean, what's a girl to do? But I'm so grateful because I've taken less pain medication today than I have for the past two days. I'm managing, I'm up, I'm doing things for my son. I've got to do a curbside pickup. Yes, I think my body is slowing down just a little bit. But I'm grateful because I was up and doing something and my hands at least the one is feeling awesome and the other one is feeling awesome because it's just exciting you know it's getting all excited about how good it's going to feel and then the fact that people are just commenting on the fact that I guess I must have looked really bad <laughs> wow she's got pants on 
she, she's dressed, her hair's brushed. I must have just been an embarrassment before. Now it's just my, my, my lack of coothfulness that will be embarrassing to people. But yeah, this is stuff I couldn't do years ago. We'll see tomorrow <laughs> if I'm still standing. We'll see how things are going to go. I've got some trigger areas that are full of fascia that are bothering me a little bit. But it's manageable and it's okay. The arrogance of some people, the rudeness of some people just bothers me. I don't think times have changed so much in the time that I was bedridden that people should just out and out be rude. But I was out and about and I was doing things. And that makes for a pretty darn good day. I hope you are having a good day. I hope that your pain is minimal. I hope you've thought about working on your fascia and I'd love to hear from you. I've got some uh, great people contacting me that want to come on and tell their story and I can't wait to have them be listened to by you. Is that what I say? Listened to by you. But I can't wait for them to share their stories with you. I think that's always good. We always learn together. And it's funny. I, well, I'll tell you this. I did this post. And this, it was about, you know, please, if you would, you know, follow follow me. You know, if you could, follow AWOL Zebra on Spotify. And, you know, I lost my ability to walk and talk. You know, would you, you know, <laughs> just let me know. So, People are posting comments and asking questions, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm not a doctor. This is all from the patient's perspective, but there's this one woman that just keeps going behind, and she's posting. Everybody, like this one woman, she put a comment, and it said, you know, hey, I lost my ability uh, to do this and that, and the doctors can't figure out why. Would you be willing to talk with me privately? I said, of course. Well, before I could respond to that woman, because I... I, I was with my son at his doctor's appointment, and I was driving and everything. This woman that has gone in, like, um, when a woman asked me a question about fascia blasting, she goes in and says, you can join this group. It's the largest women uh, fascia blasters and this, that, and other. I mean, I, I don't know if she's just following me and just, you know, trying to promote all these other things. I don't know. But she goes in and tells this woman, sounds like you've got tethered cord situation and I see that you're in New York and this is where you need to go so I finally got a chance to respond to this woman and I said I did not have tethered cord syndrome or whatever it is my apologies for not maybe using the right terminology but I did on the comment I said as a matter of fact the surgeries that I had have made me worse because of the adhesions the adhesions from the nerve stimulator were brutal because they were they grew in my body and it messed with my nerves my skin was white at that incision site that was done so many years ago because there was no blood flow the woman that was my patient advocate that I met who has now stepped back, she has Chiari, and she tried to tell me, now she got diagnosed and had 
surgeries within four years of her diagnosis. She went to the Cleveland Clinic. She went to a specialty clinic and had her neck done because she was tired of doing the exercises, tired of wearing a neck brace, and tired of her husband having to help her put her neck and stuff back in. So when she met with me, the first thing she said was, you need to go see this doctor and have this MRI so you can have neck surgery. Well, that woman is delegating from the bed, still wearing a neck collar. I think she's had, getting ready to have her fourth surgery. And she's now telling me, I think my problem, she can barely move. She said, I think my problem's fascia. I really do. I can guarantee you. She goes, my problem's fascia. I just can't get anybody to do it. And where I go, you know, it's self-pay. They don't offer insurance. Insurance isn't covered, you know, by it. And it's hard to find somebody that works on your fascia. But she tried to get me to have a neck surgery. And I kept putting it off and putting it off. So I told this woman, I said, I will happily talk with you privately. I said, I'm not trying to diagnose you. I said, I'm just offering you a non-invasive approach to what might be ailing you. My ability or lack thereof to walk, to talk, to use the restroom, to sweat, to empty out my lymph nodes or whatever it is, wherever the mucus comes from. All of that stuff was affected by adhesed fascia. Again, not trying to diagnose you, just offering you an opportunity to try to fix a problem or better manage a problem that really is the root for many of us with HEDS. It really is. So that's something to think about. I had one of the best damn days I've had in a long time. And I'm very grateful for that. I have stopped doing the exercises that every PT gave to me. And I have done nothing but do fascial remodeling. for the. I mean, just straight on fascial remodeling. That's all I've been working on for the past month now. Because those pelvic tilts, those bridgings, those bridges, those little things that you do, set me back. Set me back two weeks. So I just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go ahead and just do nothing but work on my fascia. And I have done nothing but go improve. Honestly, I've done nothing but improve. I do have bad days. I still have issues. I'm not messing with fighting, holding my neck up completely because I'm just not able to for long periods of time without making it harder on myself. So why should I? My need for mobility aids, I don't, don't, I don't use them. The crutches, the cane, the walker, they're in the closet. My braces, they're in a box along with my little balls and all the little things that they wanted me to roll my feet over to try to break up the fascia. My box of costly equipment that I don't use. My posture correctors, my everything. They're ready though. In case I need them, I'm not, you know, 
I'm not going to sit there and say I won't need them again. But right now, everything that I have restored is maintaining unless I have an accident. And last night, my husband, for whatever reason, was moving all over the bed. And I put a pillow between us because one time he did accidentally kick me. He flipped over and had his head where my feet were. And the alarm went off and he accidentally kicked me in my pelvis and knocked my pelvis out. Woke up. <laughs> my son woke up to me going, ah, and that was his alarm for the morning. But unless I have an accident so far, knock on wood, fingers crossed, all that good stuff. My need for mobility aids and braces have gone by the wayside. And right now I have a grip strength like none other in my left hand. It's still sore, but it's rehabilitating. The muscles, the tissues, all of that are learning to work again. Just can't figure out the rudeness of these people. Really, really can't. And I don't understand how people can go on Facebook and diagnose people left and right. I'm not diagnosing you. Just throwing it out there that, hey, have you looked into it being your fashion? Give it a shot. Thank you for taking the time to share your time with me today. I hope you really are having a good day. And if there's something you'd like to tell me, good or bad, I'm ready. Message me. I'd love to hear from you. I look forward to being with you tomorrow. We'll see if I'm going to pay for it dearly. Christy Lynn Hanchi, AWOL Zebra, I sincerely appreciate you being here. Stay tuned. Have a lovely day.